listening to Around Comics. Nothing wants to fucking go right, and everything is wrong today. You're listening and watching another episode of Around Comics. What's happening, fellas? It is episode number 362. Greenbacks and Red Hands is the title. Oh. I, I thought it was green. Red, I thought it was green, red backs hands. Green, red back hands. Yes. Well, it could be. However, you want to read it. All right. Yeah. Green, red back hands. Green back, red hands. Green hands, red backs. I just keep singing. It was Agatha all along. It was Agatha. This is the wrong show for that. Oh, oh, that's sorry. That's Sunday. Sorry. We don't don't talk about that kind of stuff. What's happening, fellas? How is your well? I mean, I feel like I just talked to Chris Sunday. We did. You talked to Chris so much. I know all the time, constantly, constantly. The D and D was yeah. The D and D was a bad idea. Too much. It's too much. Too much. Too much Dungeons and Dragons. How did Dungeons and Dragons go? Um, the game itself went fine. Technology-wise, things uh snag. Our, our dungeon master has a shit uh internet connection. It's kind oh, of he needs the dungeon master package from Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> Stable. Yeah, something. Uh, no, it was. I, I don't know. Who knows? It could have been weather. <laughs> I think it was, never I think it was weather. Before, so yeah, kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, Hopefully, it was one we'll of get like those like sub five below zero nights. So that's, everyone was home streaming that night. So this is true. They should be mm-hmm. well. All right. So, what do we got going on today? Anything good? I I uh I haven't really read much. I've been listening to the Stanley biography True Believers. Readings for losers. Reason. Is it a hatchet job on Stan? Oh god, yes. Oh. It's um is it Tim is that Tim well, Callahan? I don't even know who it is. I have no idea who wrote it. Um, but whoever wrote it has guest of the show, Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, well, my feeling is, and obviously, I'm only a couple couple chapters in, so but it's already pretty horrible. And uh, whatever, you know, like I don't know how much of it is true or accurate about Stan, but the my feeling of it, listening to it, is that the writer went into it with a preconceived notion or a, a point of going, I'm going to prove that Stan has stolen his career and then found whatever flimsy evidence to support that going all the way back to his childhood and like bringing up things that, you know, maybe he said about himself when he was 15 that may or may not have been true and using that as sort of evidence that his whole career, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I don't know how much of it is accurate or not, but it, every time I listen to it, I, 
I have this image in my head of like this really mean Stanley, and I want to do like a of a, a face swap thing where I pretend like I bring Stanley back from the dead, and it's just like I remember this time Jack came into the office, and I just told him he you know he had finished seventeen issues of the Fantastic Four in three months, and he wanted a raise, and I said, "Get the fuck out of here, you little bastard!" And, you know, it's like <laughs> just be absolute him. asshole, Stanley. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Jack Scurvy came in. We called him Jack Scurvy because in 1948 he banged this hooker in Okinawa and turned his one of Colette one of Coletta's broads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. It was not written by Tim Callahan. It's uh, written by Abraham Reisman. And I, my confusion. I was uh, one of the few times I'm ever on Twitter. I saw Tim Callahan tweet. I just finished the Stan Lee. Uh, biography. I assumed that he it, it was like I just finished writing it. He just ah. finished reading it, is what it was. But yeah, Tim Callahan, he's the guy that wrote the uh, Grant Morrison biography. We had him on the show years oh. and years ago. Yeah. I mean, I I feel maybe like it's odd, right? Because I, I feel like in hearing this book or like the few things I've seen about it, I feel like maybe it's not it's not targeted at comic book fans in a weird way no i gotta feel like i think it's we already know what stan lee's you know you know a little bit where it's like oh don't be so hard on him it's absolutely targeted at this new generation of people that know stan from the movies and sort of you know to me it seems like someone very bitter and and doesn't like the fact that Stan's legacy is what it is and is trying to to sort of you know it's a hatchet job it, it, it's absolutely a hatchet job my um, favorite Stan Lee movie appearance is actually in Teen Titans go to the movies <laughs> wow I didn't know he was, <laughs> was in there yeah, his voice is in there yes it's okay oh, nice. that's it's a Teen Titans go to the movies is a great movie I okay. don't oh it's amazing I'll have to check it out. My it's dad. very funny. Teen Titans Go will legitimately makes me laugh. Oh, it is funny. Like, and like my son knows all this stuff. Like the other day he was talking about arcades and I was like, how do you know what an arcade is? And he's like, oh, in Teen Titans Go, they went back to the 80s because Robin said that was the worst decade. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. Yeah. Uh, I uh my son has been watching again uh, the Young Justice cartoon. Young Justice um, is awesome. Yeah, he really loves that. He loves anything Robin. He he's a huge Robin fan and uh yeah, he likes Robin more than than anyone and uh, Yeah. Yeah, well, Young and, Justice was great. Well, anyway, that book it sounds like you know, the you know, it's like I think comic fans kind of have I think most comic fans have a well-rounded idea of what Stan, of who Stanley is, you right. know, like they kind of get like, he took credit uh, for some things that maybe he shouldn't have. He, he was opportunistic in his career. Promoter, man. He's a promoter. He was a yeah, promoter. He's a guy, but yeah. you needed that to do the, have the success they had. So it's sort of like, you know, whenever anyone gets too, you know, down on Stanley, I'm always like, ah, come on. You, like you gotta know what gave a shit about comics more than him and nobody gave a shit about comics he was like you know what i mean like but then all of a sudden it becomes 
you know, this huge thing. And everybody's like, well, he's a, you know, he's a piece of shit because he, you know, took credit. It's like nobody wanted credit. Those guys didn't even care at the time. You know, they didn't. They were using they were using pen names, so people didn't know that they were drawing comics. That's why I think part of it too is like, I sometimes I think people get caught up in trying to, in order to give Jack Kirby credit, you have to tear down somebody else. Where it's like, no, you can just give Jack Kirby credit. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be. Anytime there were powerful duos, there's going to be that kind of crap. There's going to be people that are like, "Oh, Paul was the most talented Beatle." No, it was it was John, or you know, it's it's Keith is nothing without Mick. You know, know, that kind of of stuff. The Jack Kirby's career arc story, you know, it's sort of like the classic romantic idea of a artist, you know, of like he. you know, perhaps wronged by giant conglomerates or not treated, you know, as fairly as he could have been, you know, and I think. Well, how many of those guys? But yeah, obviously. Because of so much of his creation. Yeah, mm. so ingrained and amazingly ingrained in popular culture to a degree that's sort of shocking if you think about it. Steve Ditko walked in my office and said, <laughs> get the fuck out of here before I lock you in your apartment and you never... I'll murder you. <laughs> you show up here again. I will kill you. <laughs> this is this is terrific. Yeah, uh, it's I don't like I said, I'm only a couple of chapters in, chapters in, but it's like when you're bringing up things about someone's childhood that they may have exaggerated to try and sort yeah. of like you know there's there, there's 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 enough bullshit that stan pulled when he was an adult you don't have to go farm his childhood or also just like uh, i don't know the stan's life towards the end is sort of tragic mm-hmm. and, you know like it's like uh, well that's part yeah. of it too and he, and he brings that up in the very beginning like the prologue of the book he talks about that but he talks about it in a way of almost like well he kind of deserved it and it's oh wow who who are you to say like who are you to make this judgment on stanley you know what i mean like go fuck yourself there would be no marvel comics if not for stanley whatever he did i I smell disgruntled editor (laughs) yeah it's somebody that's got an axe yeah there's some article what was it that popped up on my phone today about and maybe it kind of came from this book but there's something came out recently where there there was a discussion about like an article like in a new york newspaper was sort of the catalyst the true catalyst between stan and jack like not getting along as well as they used to like some guy came into profile you know marvel comics and stan like pretended to like plot out this comic book like in front of the reporter and oh i read that before jack kirby was just like yeah okay like obviously (laughs) they'd already done it you know like he wasn't you know and then wasn't just the guy in the the newspaper like uh, i gotta find this referred to jack kirby as being uh, you could mistake him for a worker at like a girdle factory (laughs) because he misread the situation right and that pissed off Jack Kirby, because he was just yeah. like, what the fuck, you know? Like, well, I think I'm one of the here. I'm making <laughs> magic. I'm at the point in the book where they're talking about when Stan first started working for Timely, and, and you know, 
Joe Simon and Jack Kirby were already this sort of dynamic duo. They had created the Captain America and they were, you know, on contract with Timely. They had, they were already, you know, veterans at that point, really. And and here comes Stan at like 17 years old and he's hired as basically a assistant, a gopher, you know. And But I mean, if anything in the book is true and, you know, if you take it all as sort of hearsay but some grain of tooth it's like they treated stan like shit they didn't like him i mean even joe simon talked about in his book about stan of like you know he wanted to be our friend and and you know we we you know uh i i gave him his life's dream when i let him write this little piece and it's like yeah you probably were an asshole to him Mm. and then when he got to the point where he was in control he was in charge Fuck you. You think he just he forgot was, about he was, that? He was, he was the boss's son. Yeah. He was, son-in-law, the, he, was, son-in-law, son-in-law. Yeah. he was the boss's son-in-law. And he was also this, you know, kid that didn't have anything to do with comics really. And, uh, you know, and I think Kirby was just a fucking crotchety asshole anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I think he kind of was an asshole to everybody. I, I mean, I love obviously everything that Jack Kirby has created. Jack Kirby is not like some fucking saint of a guy that treated everybody like with some sort of beautiful, you know, romantic, you know, fairness and everything. It's like, no, he was a crotchety dick and he probably treated like, you know, Stan as a kid like shit. And then Stan, when he had the opportunity, was like, well, fuck this guy. You treated me like a shit. I'm going to fucking <laughs> work like a dog, you prick. You know, I, you know, you think you forget that stuff. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so maybe. that's my take on it. Maybe we'll see. I'll, yeah, I'm, I'll sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure we haven't uh, uh, touched on any, you know, divisive, you know, hot buttons out there in the comics community. Way to bring us all well, together, Joe Biden. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Unity. Uni- you, are, you are not the unity candidate. No, <laughs> but it's funny, right? Because it's like it's to me in stanley is interesting because everybody at least in my perception people know that he's a carnival barker mm-hmm. they yeah. you know like and i don't think he's a, made think up that- of funky flashman in the 70s to make fun of you know like you know well, what i mean it's like not revelatory of like <laughs> thing i keeps sort of you know, like you keep hearing like, well, he took credit for all this stuff that he didn't do. And it's like, did he, you know, like did Stan ever take credit for work that he didn't do necessarily? Did he, did he promote himself, you know, along with Marvel comics and all the creations and all the things, but I mean, he always gave credit to those guys as well, that, know, that, was, that was that was part of the carnival barking is that is that marvel really built up the creators you know it was it, they gave everyone the nicknames, the nicknames. The whole the nicknames. yeah it's, <laughs> uh, yeah so he he spotlighted those Aussie dicko and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah rambling john ramita you know it's uh all that stuff but uh yeah yeah it's <laughs> Something that 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 happened with this show. <laughs> you know, some, something with this show. It's whenever you get people in in a in a creative environment where they're bouncing ideas off of each other and trying to come up with you know fantastic stuff, and they are not aware at the time that. 
people may look back on it with a historical lens. No one records that shit. No one, no one says, Oh, well that was Jack's idea. And that was Stan's idea. And when we were in the, you know, not, not that they had writer's rooms, but yeah, whenever we were in Stan's office and we're talking about black bolt, you know, well, it's who came up with what, um, with Seth, who came up with the name around comics? I don't know. I, me. We don't remember. <laughs> no, I, I say it was me. Uh, I do uh, remember. I do remember where we came up with it. Yeah, it was in the back with of the fact we were having a smoke. Yeah, yeah. We somebody came up with it, but we don't remember who actually came up with. Oh, around comics, you know. So we were just spitballing ideas, and that's. I think a lot of that is took place in 1960s Marvel bullpens. Is just guys sitting around talking about ideas for stuff and i think a lot of that just goes into the ether of who had the idea of what or who named what you know and they were and they were working marvel style so not to forgive uh stan of anything i mean because i think he he like tom says he was a he was a hustler he was a a bit of a con man a carnival barker he he, you know but that was what made Marvel successful, you know, a big part of Marvel's success was, was him promoting it. And along with that came him promoting Stan, the man, and you know what I mean? And that whole persona and, and yeah. And who knows who really created what or where or or what none of them got. I mean, Stan got more than he deserved probably financially, he definitely got more than a lot of those guys ever got financially, yeah. but well, that, that's, that's history spyglass is that you're looking at stuff. Does anyone care if these IPs aren't, you know, behind billion multi-billion dollar movies now, you know, well, but I think that's why a book like this is out now is because, you know, oh, for sure. the last 10 years, you've seen Stan Lee. I mean, my daughter loves Stan Lee. She doesn't know anything about him other than he's that, funny old dude in all the marvel movies and he he made marvel like and i think that's what people kind of you know like a person who wrote this book is is pissed off at the idea of like that there's millions of people out there now that think i mean jimmy kimmel said that when stanley died jimmy kimmel's like one of the greatest artists in comics but ah. <laughs> he called stanley and it's like wait a minute yeah no he didn't draw anything um but i think that's sort of the thing like people there are people that are you know like us that know kind of the real thing but take it to heart and are like pissed off that stan's getting this credit and but but my thing is like yes he is probably getting a lot of credit he doesn't deserve but it's not necessarily like some nefarious plan that Stan, you know, is doing now from the grave. You know what I mean? Like it's, this this sounds like I'm an asshole, but as many people as get pissed off and scream about this, I think Jack Kirby is well known at this point. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's people, especially in the comics community understand that, who Jack Kirby was, who Steve Ditko was, you know, those, those early bullpen artists, people realize it. It's not like it's a secret now that those, that those artists weren't co-creating those comics. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I think it's, it's, it's definitely more well-known now than it ever was, but you still have, I mean, Stan is an icon in pop culture. 
Mm-hmm. And he has been for a long time. I mean, he was back in the seventies. He was amazing. Spider fronts. Yeah. People knew, knew him and, and didn't know any artists, um, anyone that wrote the books, anyone, anyone else, you know what I mean? Like he was always that sort of icon, but now I think it's even, I mean, even more than ever, he, he became so much bigger with the movies. And I think that's, what's, mm-hmm. you know, just fucking, Twisting the knife in these people's backs, like, ah, just yeah, yeah whatever. whatever. They can't take it. They can't take it. Uh, I can't take it anymore. Let's talk about some comics. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll talk enough about Stanley in our life, um, but no, thank, never thank enough. It's yeah. It's let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about comics di- distribution. Excelsior! Yeah. Can we- <laughs> Hey, let's. We've covered Kirby and Lee. Let's talk about the direct market. Yeah. <laughs> we that. should have a special. We should have a special Patreon um, um, episodes called "The Path Well Traveled," where we literally talk about <laughs> shit that every comics book podcast has talked about like five hundred times. Want, what are guys? your feelings what on? Yeah. What, what are you? What are your feelings on slabbed books? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can cover that. We can cover the direct market. We already got Stan Lee and Jack Kirby down. You know, we can talk about Marvel versus DC. We can, you know, we got. Can we, we talk can, about uh, if, like, they, you know, Spider Man should have got married? If they yeah. should have killed Gwen Stacy, we could cover that again. Yeah. Is, yeah. My, my, my head well, is exploding. Oh, speaking of Gwen Stacy, the path will travel. May, Maybe you can say, maybe you guys can um, um, explain this to me because I've not kept up with Marvel much in the last few years. Um, explain Gwenpool to me. She's uh, Gwen Stacy from an alternate reality that is a Deadpool. That is Deadpool. That's it. Okay, that's all. Okay, it's not so that's Gwenpool. Yeah, yeah. Because did you did anyone read uh, uh, Modok Head Games number three, number two, I or three? I read number two. Okay. Well, then you, at the end of number two, you you know that Gwenpool is is coming in the next in the next issue. And yeah. say what say what you will about uh, about. Um, uh, talk Pat about Oswald. Oswald. Hmm? Well, I will. Uh, Can we talk about Rob Liefeld for a while? <laughs> ah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> we should have an alarm when a the, the when one of our topics pops up that we need to save for uh for the, road, the road well traveled <laughs> Rob Liefeld episode. We can talk about whether he can draw feet. Oh god. <laughs> so many pouches. All right, continue. A whole episode the alarm. A sound alarm if the uh, if one of the, 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 the okay yeah you you'll be there with our uh, uh, path well traveled alarm yeah path uh, well traveled uh, yeah say what I was saying say what you will about uh, Pat and Oswald but uh, uh, oh he and uh, Jordan Blanc <laughs> go ahead sorry <laughs> I've had a tough week Chris I'm sorry I'm just <laughs> Try to blow off a little steam here, man. No, I'll, I'll, you're, you're taking this too seriously. Go ahead. Go. Are you sure? We're good. Oh, Chris. Good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, actually, Sal. 
Sal turned us on to uh, I, I will leave. Uh, Sal turned us on to Modoc Head Games uh, two three months ago, and I picked it up and really funny. And we've talked about it before that that it's really hard to pull off comedy in comic books. It's one of the weird ironies of it, but it's it's hard to do aha funny books. There's just not a ton of them out there. This is a hilarious freaking book. If you are a Marvel fan at all, it is it is knee slappingly funny. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, it is. There's knee slappers, Tom. Actual knee slappers. Let me close my book, set it down to the side, <laughs> put it back in its. Uh, case that and- well, the, the, the second uh, issue is, is the, the whole kind of the, the quick setup is that, is that there's something wrong with Modoc. He's having memories of a past life that he doesn't remember. And, and he is, kind of always the smartest thing in the room and he has to basically break off from aim and to to figure out what is going on he feels like there's this this huge problem that is not allowing him to be the killing machine that he's made to be and then the second the second issue he ends up going to tony stark to uh to to help fix him and he ends up basically convincing Stark to, to help him figure out what is going on with this. And it turns into the funniest, like weird buddy cop issue where, where Tony Stark and Modoc have to sneak into an aim auction. That's like this annual auction where they, they, they sell off weapons and stolen technology to the uh, to the biggest uh, bidder, and there's this there's this moment where you know shit goes down, and and Modoc's first inclination was just to screw Stark over, basically throw Stark in front of the bus so he can get away, and then he starts doing the calculations of probability of success, and and it's really low, and so it's it's not until he figure you know works out that he and Tony have to work together to get out of this that he's like oh okay we'll do this now and everything in between that is just kind of one silly marvel joke after another it's 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 a it's one of the it's one of the few books that i actually have fun reading like it's like that is a fun experience so i'm loving it it's great yeah I love the premise of Modoc or just the sort of characterization that they gave Modoc as as he's incredibly brilliant but he's such a narcissist that he's you know can't really get anything done. <laughs> he's so he's so in his own head and so like frustrated with he's always everyone. annoyed. He is yes, fucking he's always annoyed by everyone. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it's really funny and um I don't know um I'm not that familiar with Jordan Blum he's the co-writer on it mm-hmm. uh but it looks like he's a TV writer he's he's written for uh Community and American Dad and and some other TV shows and stuff he's directed some stuff I think but um yeah I I would like to see these guys do more f- sort of funny takes on things because this is this is one of the I when I read the first issue I'm like yeah, this is one of the funniest comic books uh, I've read in a long time. Just because, like you said, it's it's not easy to 
you know, to take a character like Modok, who's this weirdo kind of thing anyway, and then, you know, actually make him not likable, but hilarious uh, engaging no <laughs> yeah definitely hilarious yeah. um and scott but, hepburn well, the scott hepburn art in this i mean it's a really it's a really nice looking book too yes absolutely yeah 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 it's it's a great book it's really fun um i mean pat oswald's hilarious he's a and a great writer in his own sense i mean mm-hmm. you know from obviously his stand-up but like you know, just some of the stuff that he has put out over the years in, you know, uh, did he write the Star Wars filibuster? Yeah, that was okay. off the top of his head. <laughs> that was he didn't write it. it was like it was something like, if I remember correctly, like they just said, OK, you just need to fill a little time here. You can do that. Right. And he's like, OK, yeah, no problem. And that whole thing was like like one take off the top of his head who knows how long he's been thinking about that oh, which is sure. scary years of <laughs> right uh, that's awesome. but, um, yeah it's i want to see i want to see him write more comics it's bring bring the funny bring the funny haha back to comics well i read a comic of his that he did he did that um black hammer visions the first mm-hmm. issue of that which is dealing with um Oh, the, I can't think of the character's name. The young girl. Uh, uh, the, the oh, yeah. We were talking about this last week. Yeah. The Mary Marvel uh, analog. Yeah. I can't think of her name, but. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't it didn't it, it wasn't meant to be funny necessarily. There was some humor to it, but it wasn't like this where it was, you know, sort of like hysterically funny and 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 just a lot of, you know, interesting, interesting humor to it. It, it was I don't know. It was um, it almost it felt more like a comic I would expect from someone who's not a comic book writer. You know, where okay. this book, Modoc, it just feels like a really good comic, you, you know, so I don't know what the difference between if it's but um, yeah, I, I'd like to see these two maybe do some some more Marvel weird character stuff together for sure. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm digging it. So I will eagerly await each each issue. Modoc, waiting for more Modoc. <laughs> what's the What's it stand for? Mechanical organism designed only for killing. I think that's what it original. I don't know if it still stands for that or not. They might mechanical have- organism designed only for entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Killing Moto, on stage. Moto. Yeah. Oh, it's a uh, yeah. golden golden gale. By the way, is the golden gale? There you golden go. Golden gale. Yeah. So there you Mental, go. Mental, mobile, mechanized organism designed only for killing. So it's any one of those things. Mental, mobile, or mechanized, or all three. Is it three M's? M M M. I think we'll have more of a, uh, a wrap up after the after the series concludes. But uh, Dave Wachter just knocking it out of the park again on on Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon, Heart of the Dragon. Yeah. Oh, before you can move from Modoc, I did want to say mm-hmm. one more thing. One of my favorite moments of issue two is. Go to that convention thing. He dresses up 
as Arnim Zola. As Arnim Zola, which <laughs> like, we're always getting confused. I don't know why. <laughs> that was awesome. That was, that was the hilarious little. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's pretty genius. Yeah, that was all right, Tom. I'm, I I want to know what this book you were. Uh, talking about this from humanoids you read something right oh for justice for yeah. justice uh yeah it's from humanoids it's part of their life drawn collection which is like a what? slice of life comics from diverse voices it's called for justice the surge and Beatz Klarsfeld story uh it's about two people uh real life it's a true story um about a couple who have been hunting Nazis across the globe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, what makes this m- more interesting than that. Right. And I should say it's uh, written in collaboration with the two of them who are still alive, uh, written by Pascal Bresson and Sylvain Durange. Uh, and it is it, it, nice. what it what it avoids is, you know, like you hear that's like, a Nazi hunting story. It's going to be like guns and subterfuge and all this stuff. Right. But it's uh, more real than that. I mean, it's based on reality. Right. And the, the sort of impetus of the story is it's the late 60s and uh, a new German, a new German chancellor has been elected and he was a Nazi during World War II. Right. And um, the uh, the bit who is, the, um, you know, the uh, one of the two main characters right, and her husband, Serge, she instigates this whole thing by sneaking into like a political convention walking up to him and slapping him and yelling that he's a Nazi. Right. And this is like the biggest thing in the world, right? Because the prevailing political thought is like, Oh yeah, he was a Nazi, but like, let's just move along and we can pretend like everything's okay. And (laughs) it angers her. Right. And that her husband surges her, his father was killed in the Holocaust. Right. He's a German uh, um, he's a, uh, yeah, actually he's a French Jew. She's German. And, you know, it angers them that everyone's just like, oh, well, oh, no. you know, he was just a Nazi because he was an opportunist. And he didn't really think it. And like, it drives them to be like, no, like he was a Nazi. He shouldn't get to be chancellor of Germany, even if he was an opportunist, like that's still not good. Like, is there nobody else who can be, you know, in charge? Right. And it's the best, this is the best we have. And uh, so it's really intriguing, right? Because it's like, it's the, the bravery of somebody to do something like that, which, is not like um, a comic about like I sniped a Nazi from 200 yards away while I was saying it's like it was just the bravery of someone willing to stand up and be like this guy was a Nazi we all know he was a Nazi like are we just going to pretend like this isn't happening and it it causes a huge fervor like they try and throw her in jail and there's protests and right and like the thing she did was all she just said the thing out loud that everybody knew, right? Like everybody knew he was he was a member of the Nazi Party and that he worked in like the 
uh, radio programming for the Nazis. And like he had said that he didn't really believe it. Right. And so that's what really intrigued me about the story is the fact that this like instigating moment is not what you would expect it to be, nor is it hard to really grasp why it's so brave until you see like the context of what's happening. And the fact that she says it just upsets so many people because everyone's putting so much effort into pretending that it's not a big deal and that, that everyone should just get along and that it's fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal. He was just, he was like a light Nazi light. It was years ago. So yeah, it's fine. Um, so yeah, I, it's intriguing. Uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. The art in it is pretty cool. And the storytelling is cool. And it does, there's some really very, you know, emotional parts to it. You know, when the, where the husband, you know, sort of talks about his own history of like, he remembers when his father was taken away and they were hiding like in a false panel in a closet. Right. And they could hear that his dad was taken away and he knows the concentration camp that his father passed away. At. And so to him, it is not ancient history. It's not like. Oh, that happened a while ago. Like, it's fine. You know, like to him, it's still real, right? Like it's personal. And like the idea that everyone's like, oh, well, you know, like he just worked in the radio. It's not that big of a deal. You know, he takes, they take it very personally. Right. So that's what really like hooks me into the story. was just like this moment that you it's building to this thing where you think it's going to be something major, like she's going to poison them or something. And it's not just a slap. And that's like what instigates this whole giant thing. So it a, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Assassination right. attempt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And, but the way the story builds up to it is like, you feel like, Oh, they're sneaking in when she just had to sneak up to get close enough to slap them. It's the difference yeah. between like real life bravery and what, yeah, exactly. Movies, yeah. You know, like uh, the stuff that happens in the movies is, you know, yeah. the, the, for entertainment but like to really be brave it's sometimes just you know like, like just standing up for what's right you know and what's wrong but just be like she's a he's a nazi he should resign yeah, yeah. um fuck though that like that simple thing in history sometimes has just been so fucking difficult you know like that yeah. thing of just just stand up for what's right and yeah why does that always seem like we run into difficulty of doing that? <laughs> it's doing the right thing. Like, yeah. And like courage and people. So yeah, want was, fascism. so yeah, I just totally, I, I, I picked that up randomly and I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Very nice. Is it on, is it on the hoopla's? Oh, it's on the hoopla's. Oh, nice. Right. I guess I, I was just reminded by Hoopla. I have I have borrows. I have, you have I got the same text message. <laughs> you have unused <laughs> borrows this month. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is oh yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, okay, I'll read that. I'm still working through Vision and the Scarlet Witch, the the 12 issue maxi series. Aren't you watching the TV show? That's why well, I, I have to. Yeah, it's a, oh. it's it's part of her job, which is probably a great time to mention uh, patreon.com slash around comics. 
if, yeah. if you want to uh, if you want to hear uh, Sal and I talk uh, wax poetically about WandaVision, uh, we have the exclusive ACTV WandaVision After Hours. I finally have the full name down. That's the full. That's that's, isn't that, a, that's, isn't that something else, Tom? Wow, that is a hell of a long name. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Around yeah, we talk, we talk. recap. One division. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah, like it, we love it, good. man. We're we're having so much fun. With it. I, uh, we've talked about it a little bit each week on on this show. How much fun we're having doing that? It's uh, it's a good time. I look forward to it. I'm still pissed about the whole Agatha reveal, but uh, ah! yeah. Anyway, and then uh, yeah, and then uh, future stacks. Always get the the future stacks to let me know what I should buy this week or shouldn't buy or what's going to make Sal happy on the show. Yeah. There's going to be more Tom versus episodes. There's going to be path less travel, the path most traveled, the path most traveled. We talk about topics everyone's talked about a hundred times, and you can mm-hmm. just get all angry. I'm going to do uh, just my uh, mean Stan Lee. Yeah. Uh, it's going to. I'm just going to be like Stan. It's just going to be called. Uh, <laughs> The man bad, is bad, back. Bad, bad stand impersonation. <laughs> bad stand. It's just gonna be bad, bad stand. stand. Just bad stand. Bad stand. Bad stand. Nice. You yeah, want to so hear yeah. us talk about the direct market? We got that. You want to <laughs> hear us talk about why don't kids like comics? Do you want? Yeah. <laughs> do you want I think the the worth Wortham Wortham trials yeah. uh, and the comics code authority. We should talk. Comics about are too expensive. We're Every, gonna do one about that. Mm, Listen. Every yeah. generation waiting, <laughs> waiting for the trade, Tom. Are you waiting for the trade? <laughs> every, every generation deserves to hear us talk about comics. <laughs> <laughs> the whole other generation of us. All of a sudden, he's Mr. Joe DiMaggio over here. It's like, well, I play like that every day, just in case there's one kid in the stands that never saw me play. We have to talk about the direct market in case this is some kid's first episode. <laughs> Listen. It was a youngster. You could buy them, buy them at drugs. I didn't stores. write the fucking no. book. Somebody wrote it, no. and they think it's top. I'm so. serious that we should do a special episode covering <laughs> every to every let's, let's topic. We'll do that for like April Fools. It'll be a speed round where it'll be like five minutes on every, you know, we'll have like an hour's worth yeah, of five minutes. Long, in depth, three hour episodes on each topic. No. I want, I want it to be, I want it to be like uh, what's the uh, what's the ESPN show where they they have the buzzer which means around the horn or something like that. Um, yeah, well, Kornheiser, I think. But anyway, yeah, it's like you get like five minutes on each each topic. So just don't put a structure to it. Just let, it's got to be. Oh, we'll go we'll go way inside baseball and do an uh, an episode dedicated to uh, format changes. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> we can just end this fucking show right now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, we got we got to um so yeah, so check out all, all of that at uh at patreon.com slash around comics. Um I know that you read the first issue of Last Ronin, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh Last Ronin. Tom, have you have you read it? No, I have not. I've been reading about Nazi hunting. I, I think I think you would dig this comic. 
I think you, knowing your sensibilities, I, I know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles can be a hard sell sometimes. I think you would dig this. It's not if it's not in the cartoon format or or a live action movie. Tom wants nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's got to have oh, more, yeah. more, more. Give me more cowabunga. <laughs> I'm a movie purist. I only, I only, unless unless it's got um, vanilla ice wrapping in it. It's. <laughs> not, not interesting. <laughs> no, this is great. Though. It is. Uh, it's basically Eastman and Laird's uh, take on Frank Miller's Ronin, uh, with the the last surviving uh, teenage mutant ninja turtle as he tries to avenge his uh, his fallen brethren and his and his and his dad. And uh, yeah, it's 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 cool. It's got it's got great turtle ninja action scenes it's uh you know that obvious homage to, to frank miller uh who does art on this it's uh it's not eastman or or where uh the layouts are by kevin eastman yeah he's doing layouts yeah and then Esau and isaac escorza yeah. did the pencils inks yeah, it's a it's a good looking book. It's I mean it works perfect for for TMNT, but it, it's got that you know gritty future Ronin kind of look to it. Oh, and yeah, and it's it's also it's a, you know it's it's kind of post apocalyptic, and so it has all of these little throwback moments to you know to what happened to the characters. I mean it's one of those it. it Everyone's going to die in this as that feeling of, you know, alternate, you know, possible future reality where you can just kill everyone because it's that dark. It's a dark book. Aren't they all imaginary stories? They are. They are. To quote Alan Moore. (laughs) Aren't they they all imaginary? They're real to me. (laughs) They're real to me, damn it. (laughs) This really happened. Yeah. But it's good. It's uh, uh, I'm digging it, man. It's there's poor April, with uh, with one arm and one leg. So we oh, don't know what yeah. happened to her, but it wasn't good. Yeah. Shredder. Yeah. Asshole. Seems like a sh- seems like a shredder type move to cut off someone's arm. Yeah. Or and like, leg. And, I think it was and, a um, manhole cover accident. <laughs> Hot pizza. <laughs> it was bebop and rock steady. <laughs> but i need to i want to i want to go back and read some of the other turtle stuff that's been coming out in the last few years it uh um everything i've read i've, I've really enjoyed it uh you know what a what a weird comic and just the the evolution it's gone through over what, 30 35 years whatever it is now uh yeah i have i mean this was the first really i every once in a while i pick up an issue just to see but it never i don't know i mean i was 15 when it came out so it kind of hit me different then than it does now but i really did like this first issue i haven't read the second one yet um but you know like i like i said when i talked about it the first time it was um yeah it's it's got that frank miller homage which is what i loved about it originally um Mm -hmm. I mean, in part, it, 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 it makes absolute sense to do this as kind of a Ronin homage. It's I don't yeah. even know if homage is 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 right. But, yeah, it certainly it leans on it really heavily. Um, yeah. In the spirit of Stanley, 
It's an homage. <laughs> it's an homage. <laughs> to steal the idea. We call it an homage and everyone will love it. <laughs> I am nice. not, not saying anything more. Aw. Guys, you yelling at me for talking about a book that just came out last week. Guy turns 50 and now everything's personal. No, I just, you know, <laughs> don't have, you want to talk? Keep talking. Um, did you read Snow Angels? I did. And uh, it was okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. It was, it was, you know, one of the things I realized reading it was I love Jacques art when yes. Jacques is drawing Batman. I love Jacques art when Jacques is drawing, you know, Superman or Nightwing or yeah. or characters that I recognize. I not, love you didn't, you didn't dig this one, huh? I mean, it was okay. Um, I I don't know. I think part partially it was bad timing. I just like you know it snowed for seventy five days in a row, <laughs> and I really didn't yeah. want to read a story about a story about ice. And, yeah, it was a little, you know. I can um, see. It, it's it's a sparse it's a sparse story. I mean, it's 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 really weird uh, because Lemire in like three pages does two of my favorite things. He basically build, builds the construct of 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 a world. I mean, he's a great world builder, so he kind of like creates the setting. And yes, in a world, Jeff Lemire creates so and so. Yeah, it's it's already a flushed out experience, and and he has the rules. He does a Fight Club style. These are the rules of living here, which you always got to love that. Um, but then after that, I mean, it's pretty sparse. Not a ton happens in this. Kind of just enough to you know continue to give you the baseline of the of the characters, and then there's the the big cliffhanger. But um, I like Shock's art. I thought it was beautiful. I I I don't know. I think I just for whatever reason, this story didn't really thrill me. Um, I love Jock as an artist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. absolutely adore most of his work and, and it's not that this was bad in any way. It's just, I don't feel like it really gave him much to work with. Sure. Um, it's a very bland landscape so far in this story it's ice mm-hmm. and snow and gray and black and white and and that's okay too sometimes but it's like i think jacques art works best when it's sort of noirish or there's some sort of uh you know just more shadow and and okay. in a city and uh i just don't think that it, it gave him much to to really show off his talents personally uh, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing, there was nothing, it's two very good creators. It, I'm sure it'll, it'll probably be better as it goes it, along. It just this, wasn't something that really thrilled me the first issue. This is, this is one, well, first of all, we should say it's a, it's a comicsology original. Are they even printing this? I don't believe so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, com- a comicsology. I don't know if it's exclusive. I would imagine at some point. You may see it as a as a trade paperback. I don't know how those comicsology deals work, but this definitely feels like sit down and read the whole story for a little bit more fulfilling. Yeah, experience. Right. We'll see. 
we'll see. But yeah, it's I, I agree that it is really sparse first issue. Like it is free a, on if you're a prime member, you can read it for free. There you go. Yeah. There you go, baby. Yeah, it, it's probably just yeah, they I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah, like it just it's gonna be uh I don't know how many issues it is either. Yeah. But yeah. it feels like it will read better as a as a collection. And a lot of just stuff is like that because he tells he tells kind of like big epic stories, but he does it at a very we'll call it a Canadian pace. It's I think it's a very Canadian book. It's very Canadian. Weird Canadian northern ice book. Um I, I think for me too, it's also like I'm very hit or miss with post-apocalyptic stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so many post-apocalyptic stories about a father and their children and they're trying to survive. And, and it's like, you gotta, for me, you just gotta give me something really kind of unique at this point for it to be interesting. And I just, That's, I don't know. I almost, if I were still writing reviews or anything, I would describe this as the road in Alaska. It's like uh, it, it's kind of you know it's kind of you know it's it's a guy and his two daughters instead of guy and son in like right. post apocalyptic frozen tundra. We got two trains, baby. <laughs> we got two kids. Now, this is this isn't about a dad taking his I'm kids. Telling you, watch dad take, there, It's a dad taking his two kids. Two kids. <laughs> Have you seen the show Infinity Train, Chris? <laughs> Is that real? It's a cartoon. It's on. It's a Adult Swim cartoon that's very good. Okay, Infinity Train. I love it. Everything Tom's watching now is children's cartoons, and because and this is not a children's. Oh, this like is children. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Like, it's a little deep. I think oh, it, yeah. might, it might make your kids' brains crack open. <clears throat> okay, oh. I'm just now getting into Rick and Morty and the in the love Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the I slow rolled into that one, so um, that's okay. That's okay. You can yeah. you can. It's there, man. Yeah. All for I'm Infinity Train. It's about a girl who finds herself on a infinite train, like in each train car is like an entire different universe, and she's trying to work her way through each car of the train to figure out how to get off the train. What a great idea for a story! You can just tell it forever. Yeah. You yeah. every train yeah. is there's never ends. That, that's a yeah. that's a it's like the Sandman. Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah, Snowpiercer has two trains, but Infinity Train has an infinite train. Okay, which sorry, fuck Snowpiercer. Hey, but in Snowpiercer, every every car is different. You know, it's like yeah, it's, which is <laughs> I'm telling you, more. you got to give Snowpiercer a a, a shot. Checkmate. I'm watching. I already got one train show, dude. How many train shows you want? I got how many train shows you want me to watch? (laughs) I got Thomas the Tank Engine. I got Thomas the Tank Engine. (laughs) (laughs) Those I got, you know, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers Rogers has got that trolley. I'll count that. The train show. So on on a whole other geeky subject, and I don't know how this is possible, but it is. So, you know, like Gen Con, the big gaming convention, right? There is there is apparently and this was in Illinois, a gaming convention, but it was only games about trains. 
Are there that no, many like, games about trains? Like, like it was a like, ride type games? Yeah, like, it was just like the one I could think of. But yeah, it was I'm like the, Ticket yeah. to Ride. I don't know. Apparently, there's a lot of games about trains because there was a gaming convention, and that's all they did was games about trains. Train games? Train games, yeah. There's real... Okay, well, we got Ticket to Ride, Train SimWorld, uh, Mexican Train... Tracks the train set game, uh, ticket to ride Europe. Uh, I don't know if the, how many of these are board games and how many are video games. Railway Empire that looks like a board game, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's crazy. It's it's a weird, wildly Russian railroads. Mm-hmm. Well, train people are weirdos. I mean, there's like train shows, there's 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 yeah you know like giant train exhibitions and you know come on people love trains people love trains i don't i don't do either do either one of you guys do a lot of board games that's a subject that it's a geeky subject that we've never really talked about classic candy land okay yeah Yeah, so i'll play i'll play a trivial pursuit uh, okay (laughs) no me and the kids play my kids well i have two my nephew is a a very hipster sort of game player. He plays all the new, mm-hmm. every fucking new weird game that comes out that sure. he plays. Every, and some of them are good. Some of them are just stupid. Um, so I, I play some with that, that my nephew and niece and them. And then my kids like to play board games and we played a lot of board games over COVID for sure. Um, yeah. But it's, it, it can be anything from, life to monopoly to ticket to ride or i I bought this like monster uh monster game that where you're like in a a village oh from monsters and then there was this other uh sherlock holmes game that was pretty cool um so yeah we i mean we we play that's that's it's a it's a it's like comics, that whole like gamer culture and subculture. It's yeah, it's, it's, it runs deep out there and yeah, there's some great board games. It's a lot of friends that have game nights and that kind of stuff. They're fun. Tune in to our Patreon show around board games. (laughs) Shoots and ladders. Board around. (laughs) Jenga. That's not board game, but operation. Hey, it's got a board, baby. It's a game. It has a, a game. Board. It's a board, baby. I'm calling it. It's a board game. Yep. Good stuff. So. Monopoly. I like I'm pandemic. just list board games. Pandemic. I know. You're just going to keep it scrabble. Oh, wait. Risk. <laughs> My son loves Risk. Yeah. Uh, but nobody oh. ever wants to play it because it takes like. It's so long. It's so long. long. It's mm-hmm. painful. It's yeah. painful. I so do like Ticket to Ride. That's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, kind of that new, the newer generation of board games. Yeah. There's a lot of card games that are like really hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Like some of them are good, and some are just like this is way too complicated and stupid. This is yeah. there's like 800 rules. Yeah, and there's only one person who knows the rules, and then yes. they could be making it up. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's like, ah, uh, you actually can't play that card after someone plays that right. card. But 
Wait a minute. What? You, didn't yeah, I'm, you can't do that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll explain as we go along. My and you will never learn the rules because you're never going to play the game again. So right. you know. <laughs> it's one and one and done. <laughs> yeah. My wife's favorite is uh, Sushi Go. You ever play that? Uh, sushi Go is fun. Yeah. It's a fun little quick, yeah. quick fun game. But I always forget how to play it. And then we go to play it. And I'm like, wait, how do you? It's not that hard. It's just kind of. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But I always forget. Oh, better sushi. There, it's and it's the same thing in board games as it is in comics. Some, you know, most like IP games, you know, stuff that you based on a movie or a TV show are usually pretty terrible board games. But every once in a while, there's one that that pops up that is surprisingly good. And last year or two years ago, Jaws, the board game, came out, and it's awesome. It's a it's a fun family family game. Let me look it up. I'm gonna order it. I will too. My kids really good. We, that is my that is probably my wife and I together our favorite movie next to Yeah. Uh Reservoir Dogs. Those okay. are but causes like if you know we were to list our top five favorite movies those would match up me and my wife we love jaws, jaws nice. is, you'll love the board game then it's it's fun you I need, have to, yeah like three people what, at least uh, no problem i got i got four in my house alone i can i got two i got two of them i can make play yeah well yeah. it's like what, what because one of you plays the shark and it's actually it's like the movie it's a game that is played in two acts so you on one side of the board is is amity island and it's the the if you're the shark you are trying to eat as many swimmers as possible and then the yeah. other pair are what brody got a shark. <laughs> it's the brody hooper and quint are trying yeah. to are trying to tag the shark. I will drive uh, my family insane with this game because I will just do I will just do Hooper. 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 Oh, <laughs> At what point in the game do you talk about USS Indianapolis sinking? <laughs> There's gotta be a soliloquy but the second half you turn the, the game board over and it's the orca Spanish ladies well and I do you ladies of Spain I, that's I'll just do that the entire <laughs> it's great it would be perfect but yeah check that one out all right so this has been a free episode of around board games on around comics uh you guys got anything else I, I did read a comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, this it was from Image called uh, oh, "Fuck Off." You fucking <laughs> babbled on. If uh, uh, you know, so go fuck yourself. Keep, I want to keep the episodes to an hour. I'm just telling you. I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I said that. Oh, Radiant Black. Yeah. Um, Kyle Higgins. This was kind of a fun issue. It was kind of a fun uh, story uh, by Kyle Higgins um, about an art of down on his luck writer who goes back home has to is forced to go live back home because he has like $38,000 in debt and his book uh, is not written um, that he told everybody that he was writing and didn't write. But then he finds a black hole or something and it gives him superpowers. So it, it kind of just a classic, you know, superhero comic book origin thing, but it was fun. It was funny. It was, you know, you kind of like the, the main character. It was a uh, good art. Um, 
And uh, yeah, just a little, little, little different spin on it's kind of a classic thing of, of, uh, you know, this, this dude who ends up finding this thing that gives him like a suit. I don't know if it's alien. I don't, you don't know what it is by the end of the issue, but uh, he ends up with, he can fly. And then he's got his, his, his sort of, it, it felt a little Shazammy, like the Shazam yeah. movie yeah. where, you know, the, the, the Freddie is sort of like his trainer and teacher, you know, the, it, but it was fun. It was a fun little, little book. So cool. there, I, I, sorry, and, I went over. And written, no, no, no. And written by Chicago and Kyle Higgins. So we always like to see Kyle working there out go. there. All right. No, nah, I was just giving you trouble. Yeah, a lot this way. I don't know what the hell I did to piss you off. <laughs> Shit's all over Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jack Kirby lover over here. What is your last name? Kirby? Jeez. <laughs> Stan owe you some royalties? <laughs> Chris Kirby. <laughs> Chris Kirby. I like Stan. All right, you just right. don't want to hear about it anymore. No, that's fine. I'm. It's, it's okay. No. It's hey, I didn't call it the 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 road well traveled. That was Tom. No, I just said the to- the topic. <laughs> anytime you talk about, I mean, like Stan versus Jack is like every podcast has had that. Well, I'm, we probably did it better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like every podcast is done. We've done it multiple. Times. Yeah, we've, we've talked, talked about, about it like Dan versus Jack. <laughs> yeah, over and over again. Uh, so we've done times. it for all three around comics. Generation. Yeah, always constantly. Yeah, well, not constantly. We do a pretty good job of avoiding. It's just one of those topics, like yeah. the direct market, and then you know, like it comes up, and then everyone talks Every about it. And you're like, Why the? and then you're like, what the fuck? Oh, I've got direct to talk about <laughs> yeah, everyone has thoughts on it and nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> the direct market one, just nobody is just like, oh God. And I find myself talking about it and I'm like, this is so why am I talking about this? <laughs> Yet it comes up and it, yeah. everyone has to be like, like, it's, I, like a bear, it's like a Bears fan talking about why that team is bad. You don't I must want to talk about it. You've talked about it a million times, yet you always find yourself talking about it. I don't want to talk about the direct market, but yet I'm now going to talk for 15 minutes about my <laughs> thoughts about the direct market. It's like a sand, it's like a quicksand. You can't get out of it. You're just like, oh my god, I'm talking yeah. about an out of body experience. So you're like, what am I talking about? Am I? Why am I? Doing I, this? I why am I saying Dan these journals? Dan versus Jack is eternal. I, I, I will. That, it's a better. It is a better topic than the direct market, which is just like, <laughs> no, who cares? Like, come on, whatever. All right. Uh, we all know who's Chris. Is Kirby? Is <laughs> <laughs> Stan? Yeah. And I, I'm the tiebreaker. You're Roy. Th- you're, 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 you're Roy Thomas. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to pick sides. <laughs> that would be fun if we were diametrically opposed to the whole Kirby versus Lee debate, because those things get nasty. That's like that's like two women pulling hair nasty. Um, but it's always it's always strange as it's like I change. <laughs> it's always strange because it's always like I, I, I and I know this is a very strange thing to say as someone who 
isn't a podcast about comic books, but to personally invest yourself so heavily into another single human being who does not know who the fuck you are. <laughs> <laughs> In any way, and is dead and is, is dead. And He's never dead gonna care. Decades. He's just never gonna care that you yeah. agree, like that you're defending, <laughs> defending him. <laughs> this is always people, there's people that defend them yeah. more than they've ever yeah. themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bullhorn through history, stand up. God damn it! I will. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if I hear one yeah. more bad thing about Stanley, I'm reaching to this goddamn computer. <laughs> Stan, member, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm like a stand defender. I just go. I get so sick and tired of everybody like acting like yeah. Jack Kirby is untouchable in the conversation. Yeah. Like, listen, you know, Jack's work without without Stan is shit. It is fucking garbage for the most part. So, you know, I mean, the writing, good ideas, the, good, the idea, good ideas, but it, yeah, yeah but I think they, I, I think they needed each other. Or you don't like the the every third page being the first page. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> okay, I guess that's an acquired taste for yeah. those of us who I mean, they're all great. Well, I mean, they're all great ideas. But, I mean, command is freed, man. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Those of us who prefer to read our comics in three page chunks, <laughs> start over. Oh, I guess we're. Guess we're starting over here. Okay, let's go. It's like being, it's like being a goldfish. By the time you get through three pages, you know you forgot about it. You gotta oh, start right. over. I'm at the start again. <laughs> and it was the number one comics of the time. This is true. Always have have as many first pages as you can. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. Let's talk about number one issues. No, no, let's save it. Let's end this goddamn train wreck. Yeah. Free this infinity train wreck. Back with another it, car <laughs> on this fucking train. Yeah, yeah. The next train car up is about the direct market. Uh, okay, so we talked about Patreon. Uh, uh, e- I don't think we have time for listener emails or um, social media posts, but please reach out to the show info at aroundcomics Hit us up on the Facebooks, Twitters, the TikToks, all of that. We don't have t- time on this imaginary schedule that we create for ourselves. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, yeah that's that's what i got yes uh yeah there you go goodbye goodbye i'm, I'm i got nothing all right all right we'll, we'll we'll be back for a live stream next tuesday eight o'clock central standard time in the meantime in between time and we'll be everywhere in then around comics